just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your weekend is going well. Now, over the last few days, I've been a little under the weather. Nothing big, just a runny nose, a scratchy throat. My voice sounded different. I thought it was better because it was lower. sounded more like an announcer, but everybody else was kind of worried about it. People were saying, are you sick? Get some rest. Drink some fluids. Do you have COVID? Well, the fact of the matter is, is all it was was a small cold, not a big deal. I had the test and not COVID, thankfully. So it wasn't really a big deal. And uh, I appreciate everybody's concern for it, but you don't have to be concerned. It reminds me of a uh, Mark Twain quote. Uh, (laughs) And he said, I'll paraphrase this, uh, the reports of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. I'm not going anywhere. I'm fine. Everything's cool. But it also did remind me of when I was a bit younger in my family and my kids. When I was in my 30s and 40s, I was working a job where I'd get up at 4.30 in the morning. I might not get to bed till like midnight. And uh, I was tired a lot. I was really tired a lot. Even when I was younger, it was hard to deal with that schedule. So from time to time, I would come home, sit down, watch television in a recliner or something, and I'd fall asleep. Not that unusual, given my schedule. So when I was in my 30s and 40s, my kids would come up to me and jostle me and make fun of me. Oh, you're just a lazy old man. I can't believe you're sleeping, kidding around with me. Which is fine because that's what we do in our family. We kid each other. We, 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 We kind of give them shit. So I wasn't hurt by that. That's that that would be expected. But what did trouble me is somehow when I turned 50 years old, apparently my kids thinking that's old age, when I turned 50 years old and I would come home and I would fall asleep in a chair, they wouldn't jostle me and kid me. They'd grab me by the shoulders and go, Dad, 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 <laughs> like I'd keeled over in that fucking chair. Apparently, they thought I'd gotten to such an advanced age that I was in a fragile situation and I could find my demise very easily. Now, that wasn't the case. They were worried. They still do it to a certain extent now and again because, uh, you know, if they're over at the condo and I fall asleep, uh, they might give me a little shit or they might get nervous about it. My wife even does it sometimes. I don't know if they're... um, trying to prophesize this or what, but it's weird. And uh, so when people get worried about whether I'm sick or whether I'm dead in a chair, I always have to laugh about it because it's never usually a big thing. I'm not one that gets sick a lot. And when I've been sick in the past, um, it's never really been a big deal. Probably the sickest I've been, uh, and people always give me shit for speaking out about this because for some men it's it's sacrosanct but when i was 29 years old i I had um, i had uh, testicular cancer and uh, this is before i had um health health 
care. And I was just starting a job, and I wouldn't have health care for 90 days. So I kind of sat on it. I really knew that's what it was. I don't know what it told me that, but something in my head told me this. This is all pre-internet, so I couldn't Google this shit. And so when I finally got the health insurance, I told my wife I had testicular cancer. She said, yeah, you're making too much of it. I go in, find out I did, had the surgery, had some radiation. I was done. I haven't had a problem with it ever since. So even when I was really sick and had this cancer, I really never was sick. Other than whatever you get from radiation, you get nausea and this metal taste in your mouth but I wasn't really sick so I've never really gone that uh, deep into sickness in all of my life so I don't know why people are worried about me apparently I look fragile anyhow let's talk about what's going on in the world now usually during the weekends there isn't much happening but this weekend well we've got some shit going down and we need to talk about it Now, yesterday, Saturday, in Colleyville, Texas, we had an armed man walk into a synagogue during their service while it was being live-streamed on Facebook. Well, after he walked in, that live stream was cut off, and then he promptly held four people hostage. Now, nobody knows why. Everybody's freaking out, of course, because of this. Uh, The interesting thing is that after a short time, he released one of the hostages, but he held on to the remaining three hostages. Now, when this happened, of course, they called the local police. They called the state police. Ultimately, they called the FBI. And then ultimately, they called this elite hostage rescue team from Quantico, Virginia, to come out as well. Now, the thing about this is, this went on for about 11 hours. They were negotiating with this guy. Now, this guy only had one demand, and it was kind of weird. What he wanted to do was get a federal prisoner, who was in a prison about 20 miles away from the synagogue, wanted this woman released. Now, her name was Afia Siddiqui. Now, Ms. Siddiqui is a neuroscientist, so she's a very smart woman, but she also has extensive connections to terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda. In fact, they referred to her as Lady Al-Qaeda. So anyway, she was arrested uh, for a number of things. She had seven charges, convicted of all of them. One of them was murder, and she was sentenced in 2010 to 86 years, and right now she's about 50. So it was essentially a life sentence. So this guy comes down and decides he wants to get her released, and he thinks the best way to do that is to take hostages in a synagogue with a handgun or whatever gun he had. Well, that's not going to work out too well. They're not going to release this woman. And if you've got an elite squad of hostage rescuers, well, this won't take long. Well, it took a while for the negotiations, as I say. It went 11 hours into the night. And as uh, reporters are out there talking about this, all of a sudden they hear this large boom. And then about 10 minutes later, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas tweets out, well, the hostages are freed and they're happy and healthy and free and clear. Well, that's weird. That happened kind of quick. But it's good to hear. That's good news. But what really happened? Well, the police did a press conference. 
FBI was there, everybody was there, and they were explaining kind of what happened, but they were very cagey about it because, well, you got the investigations, you can't talk about all this stuff. But the way it shakes out, the best I can tell right now what happened is this uh, fancy hostage rescue squad from Quantico came out, and they used a an explosive as a breaching device to get in the church or the synagogue. I don't know why I called it a church. It's a synagogue. But so so anyway, these guys are highly trained to extract people from hostage situations. So what it sounds like happened is they blew the door open. They got in as quickly as possible for whatever reason they felt they needed to shoot the perpetrator. No doubt he was pointing a gun at them and That is the best reaction in that circumstance. They shot and killed the perpetrator. They got the three hostages out of the building. And they, as Governor Greg Abbott tweeted, they were free and healthy. And that's good news. I mean, it would have been nice to be able to take the perpetrator live, but obviously that wasn't an option there. And frankly, I don't feel sorry for him. It's not like we have to decide, was he guilty, was he not guilty? He's in a synagogue with a gun holding three people fucking hostage. And then when somebody comes in from law enforcement and tries to get him cleared out of there, if he points a gun, well, that motherfucker's going to get shot. That's just the way the deal goes. Now, we'll hear more about what really happened here. That's just all I can gather from what I've heard. But... I think the important thing to do, as much as we talk badly about the police, and I will talk badly about bad police officers all day, every day. But in this particular instance, in Colleyville, Texas, everything worked as it should. We had the police, the state police, the FBI, this rescue team. They all worked in unison. They did everything they had to do. They got the job done, and all the hostages were safe. So if nothing else, we've got to say thank you to the police and the law enforcement people because they did their job the way it's supposed to be done, and everything turned out for the best. So congratulations to uh, the Colleyville police and the FBI and the state police and all the people that, uh, um, that were involved in that situation. It was long. It was tiring for these folks, and I'm sure it was very stressful. Not only stressful for the people that were there, but the families of those hostages that were inside with this perpetrator. So I'm glad to say it's done. Everybody's out. All is good. And thank you to the police, the state police, the FBI, and everybody else that was involved. That's good news to report for once. And good news... (laughs) isn't always common, especially on the Rational Boomer podcast. I talk about a lot of negative shit (laughs) because there's a lot of negative shit going on and we need to talk about it so people understand what's going on and how it's uh, affecting our lives and our country for that matter. Well, and here's another kind of stupid story. I hate to report it because it's really not newsworthy, other than it points out how stupid some Republicans are. Now, we know how Republicans in this country are trying to take out critical race theory from curriculum in schools. In fact, I just saw that Glenn Youngkin, the new governor that was elected in Virginia, um, made an executive order to 
not have any critical race theory taught in Virginia schools. Well, uh, here's the fucking deal. There is no school in this country, no school district in this country that teaches critical race theory. You see what they're doing there? They're just using this trigger for all these racists and act like heroes by stopping something that isn't even fucking happening. Well, there's a lot of people caught up in this shit. And uh, in Virginia, we have a young Republican, a freshman Republican by the name of Wren Williams. Why? What's with the name Wren? Who names their kid Wren? But he is a young representative, and he's big on... on uh, knocking out dis- divisive concepts of education in our schools. We've got to do that. That's the new buzzword for them, divisive concepts of curriculum. So this Republican put together a bill to ban teaching of divisive concepts like critical race theory, even though they don't even teach it, in schools in Virginia. Now, he was talking about a lot of things that uh, they shouldn't be taught. You know, because they're afraid of talking about racism, anti-Semitism, and all those sorts of things. I mean, why do we need that? Well, one of the reasons we need to know our history is because, as they say, if we don't know our history, we're doomed to repeat it. And we certainly don't want to see more racism or slavery or any of this bullshit. But here's the funny part of this story. Mr. Wren Williams wrote this bill. And he pointed out some of the things that should be taught. (laughs) And one of the things he really thought should be explored and taught in the curriculum is the Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass debates. They should be studied. Oh, for fuck's sake. Are Are you serious? This guy is a clown. He wants to discuss the debates between Frederick Douglass who was a black activist back in Lincoln's day, and Abe Lincoln. Well, here's the fucking deal. Those two never debated. There would have been no reason for them to debate. They were both on the same side. They wanted the slaves freed. This dumb fuck doesn't know history well enough to understand that it wasn't Frederick Douglass that Abraham Lincoln debated with. It was Stephen Douglas. Stephen Douglas. In fact, Stephen Douglas spells his last name with one S. Frederick Douglas spells it with two S's. But Stephen Douglas was a fucking old white guy who was Abraham Lincoln's opponent in a presidential election. Makes sense that they debate. But this dumb fuck is trying to teach us something, trying to tell schools what they should do teach, and he doesn't have a sense of basic fucking history. If you don't want to uh, teach critical race theory in your schools, fine. It's not being done anyway. But I would suggest something. I would suggest that if you're going to run for elected office, you should have at least completed some history training so you knew what the fuck you were talking about. See, this is it. This is the thing that's amazing to me. These people, these Republicans, trump over and over and over again, they prove how stupid they are. 
But in spite of how stupid they prove they are, there's still a faction of people, maybe 30% of this ignorant base that follow this shit, that buy into this racist uh, dog whistle shit, and they believe them. They think it's true. And you know what? They're so fucking dumb, they don't know that Abraham Lincoln didn't debate Frederick Douglass for fuck's sake. They don't even know who Frederick Douglass is. In fact, you remember a while back, Donald Trump, for some reason, brought up uh, Frederick Douglass. <laughs> he said, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about Frederick Douglass. He sounds like he's doing some good things. This dumb fuck doesn't even know he's dead. Doesn't know he was dead around the Civil War. These people are so ignorant, and they are running our communities, our states, our country. And if that isn't troubling to you, I don't, I don't know what it's going to fucking take. These Trumplefucks are just the dumbest human beings I've ever seen. If my kid said that to me when he was 12 years old, I'd punish him because he should know better. He's clearly not paying attention in history because that's just such an egregious, stupid mistake. I cannot believe it. But that's the Republicans for you. That's, that's who they are. That's what they are. And that's what they do. And still, there are a certain amount of people that will vote these dumb fucks in. Doesn't, don't you find that frightening? How does a clown like this get elected? How does Marjorie Taylor Greene get elected? Lauren Boebert, Paul Gosar, Louis Gohmert. How do all these motherfucking dumbass, stupid sons of bitches get elected? The only way they can get elected is by other dumb fucks, stupid sons of bitches. And that's sad. If we've got that many dumb people in this country, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. I never imagined there'd be this many stupid people, but clearly I was wrong because, Jesus Christ, every day they're doing or saying something absolutely ignorant. And they believe it as if it's the gospel. Come on, man. Fuck. It gets, it's embarrassing, don't you think? It's a little, little fucking embarrassing as far as I'm concerned. Oh, and did you hear that uh, Donald Trump had another rally down in Arizona? Because that's all Donald Trump really needs to. Uh, it's the only thing he's capable of doing is having a rally, trying to have a rally, getting a big crowd and bragging about the big crowd. Well, he had a shitty rally in a shitty place and a shitty turnout. But here's the interesting thing. Here's the scary thing about this. You know, they always tried to tie QAnon with Donald Trump, and Donald Trump says, I don't know anything about them, but they sound like patriots to me. Well, he knows everything about them. But here's the interesting thing, and you have to have looked into QAnon to maybe get what I'm saying here. His special guest at this Arizona rally, his invited guest, I think they let him speak too, Ron Watkins. Now, if you don't know who Ron Watkins is, you need to watch that uh, documentary about QAnon. It's been out a while, but it's very good and it's very informative. Ron Watkins is this weird fucking nerd, techno freak pedophile. And I can honestly say pedophile because he's been arrested for it. But this is the guy that everybody believes is QAnon, him and his son, who's just as fucking weird and freaky as well. He and his son 
are thought to be QAnon. Now, it's never been officially exposed, but everything leads back to them. So here's Donald Trump expecting us to take him seriously. He puts on a rally for what reason, I don't know. If he's going for the 2024 election, he's a little fucking early. The thing is, that's the only thing he knows to do. He can't go on Twitter anymore. He can't go on any social media. His company that's supposed to be this social media powerhouse is already under investigation before it even opened the fucking doors. So all he can do is send out press releases and go to rallies and try to wire all these people up. Well, it's starting to slow down with his rallies. He's not pulling the kind of crowds he normally wants to because he's charging a lot of money to get in. He's trying to grift them. And as much as these people would love to be grifted, they just don't have the money. He is dealing with the uneducated, the stupid, and the poor, unfortunately. Poor people in the South that follow him because they think he's uh, Lord and Savior. Now, there's plenty of poor people in this country that don't buy his bullshit. Just so happens the crowd he has doesn't have much money. So, because they don't have much money, they can't afford the entry fee to go see their Lord and Savior. Can you imagine that? Your Lord and Savior would like you to come out and worship him, <laughs> but, but, but you can't afford to get in. Yeah, that, that, that sounds good. So anyway, his special guest is this Ron Watkins, who everybody knows to be QAnon. Now, QAnon is this uh, conspiracy theory freak fucking online thing where they constantly put out predictions. And in the last five years of their predictions, they have not got one right. They're the ones behind the idea that uh, Donald Trump and JFK Jr. will be re implanted in the White House. JFK Jr., who's been dead for 20 years, will be VP and Donald Trump will be president again. Of course, that never happens. The latest thing these QAnon fucks have said, that there's going to be a concert with John Lennon and Tupac. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. You know, it doesn't even bother me so much that they say it. What I find so bothering is that there's so many people that fucking believe it. I mean, they'll get a crowd at Dealey Plaza waiting for Donald Trump and JFK Jr. And it's if they did it one time, you go, that's fucking crazy. But they've done it. Nobody shows, they come back. Nobody shows, they come back. These dumb fucks keep coming back every time they've been lied to. It's frightening to imagine there's this many people that are stupid. And Donald Trump has QAnon himself at his latest rally in Arizona. I hope you dumb, crazy fucks had a good time. Because you're not long for this world in terms of power in this country. It's starting to go the other way. It's going against you. And you folks are fucking done here. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 
So we have the House Select Committee investigating the insurrection. We know about all of that going on, and I'm going to talk more about them in a little bit. But you know how the Republicans love to say, well, if it was an insurrection, why hasn't anybody been charged with sedition yet? Well, now, of course, 11 Oath Keepers have been charged with a seditious conspiracy. And it turns out they have very close ties with people in Congress, in the Oval Office, and other folks like Roger Stone and Steve Bannon. This is just the first step. These people have been indicted for sedition. So, yes, now there have been charges of sedition. And then they always told us that, you know, there were no weapons, there were no guns there. Well, there were weapons. They were makeshift weapons, but they were weapons. There was bear spray and flagpoles and bats and shit. You don't, you don't, it doesn't have to be a gun to be a weapon if you kill somebody with it. It doesn't have to be a gun. But that's what they want you to believe. And then they said, well, there were no guns there. But now we find out something different. These fucking Oath Keepers, like this, uh, what's his name? Elmer Stewart, whatever the fuck his name is, the leader of the Oath Keepers that was indicted. Turns out that there were guns there, not on the site of the Capitol. Apparently what they did is put together a cache, a large cache of weapons, There is some proof and some documentation that they spent as much as $40,000 on weapons. And what they did with these weapons is they put them in a pile in a fucking comfort inn across the Potomac. Now, the idea was they do their first wave like they did in what we saw. And then they were going to go back, get the guns, and come back for a second wave. Well, that really throws a hitch into uh, the Republicans telling us this isn't an insurrection and there are no weapons. The facts that are coming out now prove you're fucking wrong or lying or both. So they were going to bring these guns out. Now, some people will say, well, why didn't they go get the guns and come back? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because the National Guard finally showed up. And these folks would have no chance against the National Guard. They would take them out one by one. Love to have seen it, but that's not what happened. They chickened out. They're gutless pieces of shit, and they didn't go get the guns. And actually, I'm glad they didn't. We don't need to see carnage in front of our U.S. Capitol. But but these people are trying to tell us these are tourists. These are peaceful protesters. And I can talk to somebody on the street right now and they'll say, nothing happened. It was Antifa. Nothing happened. They were peaceful. Republicans and Donald Trump fans would never do that. Well, motherfucker, all you have to do is look at a video. It's pretty clear who's doing it. 700 people have been arrested. They're all Trump fans, Trump followers. And now we've got the Oath Keepers. They're charged with sedition. And that's just the first step. We're going to get some other sedition charges, and they're going to be people and sitting members of Congress. They are, uh, they're maybe even in the White House. Somebody had to plan this stuff. Somebody had to coordinate it and facilitate it. Somebody at a higher level, and that was those people that are supposed to be our leaders. So when somebody tells you this wasn't an insurrection, you know better. 
But tell them that. Well, we've got 11 people charged with sedition. There were guns across the Potomac where they intentionally were going to get them and run a second wave on the U.S. Capitol. They didn't do it. But the fact is they spent $40,000 on guns. And here's the question. Where'd you get the $40,000? I bet the Oath Keepers didn't go into their pockets and their couches and just fucking pony up. I bet they got some help. And that's one of the things the House Select Committee is doing. They're following the money. And that's always a smart thing to do when you're dealing with people like Donald Trump and the Republicans. They love to hide shit, but they like to help incite things, problems, issues. And that's what they did here. That's exactly what they fucking did. So don't think it's over when these sedition charges go against the Oath Keepers. Now, the Oath Keepers were tied in with the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters. Oath Keepers, of course, were protectors and bodyguards for Roger Stone. They were connected to Steve Bannon. I mean, this fucking guy that leads the Oath Keepers was was uh, on TV and radio. He was helped to be pushed along at every step. They've been promoting this guy for years, and here's the funny thing. They talked to his ex-wife, this Elmer Stewart. That's not, I forgot his last name. What the fuck is his last I don't care. But anyway, uh, Stuart Rhodes is what he's going by, but his name is actually Elmer Stewart Rhodes. Well, they talked to his ex-wife, and you know what his ex-wife said? Oh, yeah, that fucker's crazy. You need to put him in jail. He's dangerous. Nice support from the ex-wife, and hopefully they will do that. Now, one of the other things that's interesting, I talk about the culpability of people in Congress. Now, there is the minority leader in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy. Now, this dumb fuck was neck deep in this shit, and he acts like he knows nothing. He calls it a hoax that this was an insurrection. But One reporter asked him on January 6th about the responsibility of Donald Trump. And Kevin McCarthy said, yeah, I talked to Donald Trump. Now, this is on the 6th of January last year. Um, And he says, uh, well, Donald Trump did say he had some responsibility in this. No doubt Donald Trump was proud of having responsibility for this. He was taking great joy in these people coming out and fighting for him. But Kevin McCarthy said that. He said Donald Trump admitted he was responsible for January 6th. Well, now, interestingly enough, a few days ago, somebody says, you said that, right? And Kevin McCarthy says, I don't recall that. I didn't say that. That's not true. There's no way I said that. Now, here's how dumb this motherfucker is. Well, okay, you can say that, but then all of a sudden the reporter pulls up the audio of you saying that very thing. How do you respond to it? You know how they respond to it? They don't respond to it. They divert. They distract. They go off in another direction. That's how stupid these fucking people are. It's it's, it's just, just appalling. And these people think they're going to get away with it, but they're not. You know, we've been watching the House Select Committee for months and months now. They're investigating the insurrection. And a lot of it's been behind uh, closed doors, so we really don't know what is going on with it. 
a lot of people are troubled by it, thinking nothing's going on. But that could be that couldn't be the furthest from the truth. There was a, a report that Jamie Raskin, he is a representative, he is on the uh, House Select Committee. And Jamie Raskin was in a Zoom call with a bunch of progressive activists. And he said the upcoming hearings by the January 6th committee. Now, when he's talking about hearings, he's talking about the public hearings on television. They were talking about weeks of hearings on television for this investigation. And he said those hearings will blow the roof off the House. And I think he's talking about the House of Representatives. He added the committee has now spoken with over 400 witnesses. And he said, you won't believe it. He referred to Donald Trump as a walking crime wave. Here's what you may not get. In spite of the fact we haven't heard much. Well, they're letting out morsels now, the House Select Committee is. And we're hearing some pretty pretty crazy shit. Pretty... Uh, damning stuff for Donald Trump and the Republicans. But what you don't understand is while they've been interviewing these 400 people, they've been compiling evidence, putting it together to ultimately do a presentation. And this presentation will take the form of hearings, public hearings on television. And I got to tell you something. These hearings, and and you're only going to understand this if you're old like me. Watergate was very, caught a lot of interest. A lot of people watched the Watergate hearings. That's going to be nothing compared to the hearings we see with this insurrection. This was a far bigger deal than anything Nixon did. This These televised hearings are going to be, as we knew when we were young, must-see TV. But they're not going to be funny. They're going to be scary. They're going to be damning. And they're going to be a big fucking problem for the Republicans. This is going to start off sometime soon and probably go for a few months at least. And this is going to set the tone for everything else. I said this before in a podcast on TikTok. If the Republicans and Manchin and Cinema won't allow the Democrats to pass anything, and that's what it seems like now, if they aren't going to do that, what we need to do is just dismantle the Republican Party. And those hearings are going to be the basis for doing that. There's going to be a lot of things exposed. There's going to be people in Congress, people in the White House, people surrounding those people that are going to be exposed for treasonous. One thing about these Oath Keepers that were arrested for sedition, I've heard that at least five of these are veterans, veterans of the service. Now, If any of these folks are active, or maybe even if they're not active, when an armed service person does something like this, this is without a doubt treason. These fuckers that were veterans, oh, they got a real problem because they're going to have problems not only with the law, but with the armed services. You got a pension, that may be taken away from you. You've got other benefits, that may be taken away from you. You may be charged by the military, and who knows what they'll do to you, send you to a stockade or some shit. I don't know. It's it's really pretty amazing to me 
that these fuckers exposed themselves as much as they did. You know, here's the funny thing. All this evidence hasn't been really that hard to find. Now, we've got people that don't want to talk or plead the fifth, but that doesn't really matter. They're calling them to give the perception that these people don't want to tell the truth. They're exposing them for the criminals, the liars, and the corrupt people they are. They've got all the evidence they need in the 400 people they've talked to and in the documents that they've received from Mark Meadows and a few other places. They don't even have the documents from National Archives yet, from the White House and all the things that Donald Trump did, but a lot of things that Donald Trump did showed up in these other documents. They already have enough to bury these motherfuckers. I guarantee you that. They wouldn't be going to public hearings if they didn't have it nailed down. Now, as I've said before, the uh, Congress or the House Select Committee can't file any charges, but they can expose everything and they can make referrals to the DOJ. And if we've got people committing treason or sedition or whatever the fuck you want to call it, they are going to be referred now, a lot of times DOJs don't want to indict sitting congressmen or, or presidents or, or whatever. But this stuff is so flagrant and so dangerous to this country. If they don't make them accountable, they put this country at risk of yet another insurrection, an insurrection that may actually work. Now, it's funny, if you hear that, and that doesn't frighten you, doesn't scare you, You really don't understand what's going on. You don't know how serious it is. Did you see the movie Don't Look Up? It's that comedy with Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it. I don't want to wreck it for you, but basically these scientists figure out that a meteor is going to hit the country, hit the world, and kill everybody on it. Okay, So the plan would be to set up a nuclear thing to break it up and make it go away so it doesn't hit the planet. <laughs> but these poor scientists are, are talking to the president, who is Meryl Streep in this case, and some other, other people that are involved in the government. They're trying to pitch them on the seriousness of this. They're trying to tell people the seriousness of it on television shows, but nobody's really getting serious about it. They're talking about it being political or partisan, or you're just trying to make it tough for me. And then you get some rich guy like a Jeff Bezos who says, you know, I can mine some of the shit off of that uh, meteor. Don't explode it. Let us send our technology up, grab a hold of it, move it, and then mine the stuff. It'd be great for the country. Well, of course, my po- I'm not going to tell you how it ends up, but the point is, It's almost like that movie Idiocracy, if you ever saw it, where all these stupid shit, it was all very ridiculous. But then when we got Donald Trump in, we we saw how close that was to it. And now this one, don't look up, it's very similar. All these people are worried about elections and money and partisanship. They don't care about something that could destroy this company, our country, whether it be a meteor or whether it be undermining democracy. They're more concerned about their own power, their own elections, their own money. And that is frightening. If the people that are supposed to be in charge aren't willing to do anything because they're so oblivious, that is frightening for this country. So the idea that we might have our democracy undermined, our our government overthrown, or 
election overturned. This isn't just some bad shit you read in the newspaper. This is bad shit that's going to affect each and every one of us. If you aren't mad, scared, or upset about this, you just don't get it. You don't get it. It's actually a real possibility in this situation. And I've often said that people have to get involved. They have to speak up. Not everybody can do a lot, but you speak up. Part of the reason I do what I'm doing with the podcast and TikToks is to get real information out to people so that they, in turn, can pass it on to other people, and we can do exactly what these dumb trump have done. They spew conspiracy theories. Instead, what I'd like to do is uh, spew and spread facts so people truly understand what the fuck is going on here, because it's some serious shit. Anyhow... <laughs> I have to laugh sometimes just so I don't cry. There's a cliche for you. But it it saddens me in one way, and I've told you this before. I'm 61 years old. Whatever lifetime I have, and my kids obviously think it's shorter than I do, but for whatever lifetime I have, I'll be fine. I'm really worried about my kids. I'm worried about my grandkids. And I'm worried about what they're going to think of us when they're in a bad situation and we're long gone. They're going to be angry with us. They're going to be embarrassed by us. They're going to be disappointed. And I tell you what, in my life right now, if I want to accomplish one thing, is I want to make sure my grandkids are safe, healthy, prosperous, and somewhat proud of anything I may have done. The last thing I want to do is disappoint my grandkids 50 years from now when they're my age and they have to look back at, what I did. Now, by doing the podcast and the TikTok, some people will say, that doesn't really do anything. Maybe it doesn't, but at least I'm doing something. And that's what I'm saying to all of us. Do something. It doesn't have to be tantamount to fixing everything, but if everybody's doing something, the noise will get loud enough and it will have an impact. That's what I mean about doing something. Not everybody has the ability to do big things, but even if you do little things, speak your mind. Don't ignore it. Don't say, I don't want to talk about it because it's too negative. I understand that attitude, but those people are the ones that allow bad things to happen in this country. Isn't there a quote, you got the bad people doing things in, in the world, but it's the people that stay quiet that make it real. So that's all I'm saying to you. Don't be quiet. This is bad shit. And we've got to be worried about it. Now, don't think, I'm always positive, so I know we can get out of this, and I know we can handle it, and I'm sure we will. But we need everybody to understand the magnitude of what is going on so they can be just as concerned as everybody that's informed. It's the people that don't want to know or don't care to know. Those those people are a problem because then these things happen because there is no pushback. There's got to be pushback. Now, as I'm wrapping up this uh, podcast, I want to talk about something else that's kind of funny. <laughs> I lo- you know, that's the thing about these Republicans. They're so stupid. It's just fucking funny. Mike Lindell, I told you, he recently said, well, I've got all the evidence that will put 300 million people in jail for election fraud. Well, that's weird. There's only 330 million people in this country. 
and only 170 million people actually voted. So how are you going to put 300 million people in jail? See, this is what they do. They spew these big numbers. Stupid people believe it, and they get some traction from it. But this is absolutely ridiculous. Mike Lindell is a guy who got lucky with a stupid idea, a lame idea for a pillow, and it took off, and he made some money. Pretty respectable from a former crackhead loser. He got lucky. Now, when you're a guy like Mike Lindell and you get lucky like that, what you do is you keep your mouth shut, you ride on your laurels, and you try to live a decent life. But Mike Lindell got a little caught up with the ego. He thought he was important. He thought he mattered. And for a while, some of these people agreed, oh, he knows what he's talking about. But now he's getting sued by Dominion for one point. $9 billion, which he will lose, and he will be broke. But he may be broke before then, because he continues to spend millions and millions of dollars trying to perpetuate this big lie, this steal that he claims he always has evidence for, but when it comes down to it, he never delivers any evidence. He has never once delivered any evidence, but he'll constantly tell you that he has tons of it. Even when he delivered the evidence on his little telethon, his own people said, yeah, that's not shit. But somehow he still does it. He's got this self-destruction thing going on. He can't win here. Well, here's what happened to him just the other day. You know that Mike Lindell's business is based in my state, in Minnesota, Chaska, Minnesota. I live probably 10 miles from there. I don't. You know, I don't know Mike Lindell. I don't know the company. But just the other day, we had some banks, Mike Lindell's banks, close nine accounts, including personal accounts of Mike Lindell. Just shut them down. And you know why? Because they see he might be indicted. They see there could be a lot of problems, and they don't want to be associated with a clown, a criminal, a crackhead like Mike Lindell. So instead instead of saying, yeah, we'll take your millions, do whatever you want, they said, fuck it, take your million home, your millions home. We don't want you here. We don't want to be associated with you. Just get the fuck out. Now, now here's the funny thing. He says, you know, the one they're going after he says, the uh, Frank Talk account. You know what Frank, T- Frank Talk is? You probably don't. Frank Talk was this social media platform that he created, which was basically a website with some video on it. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrific. And they closed the bank account to Frank Talk? How, how is this fucker making any money off this thing? But he's also got the pillows. He's got all of the kinds of business, and they closed every banking account. What does he say? He comes out and says, well, they're just getting into this cancel culture stuff. They got scared by the Frank talk in the deep state, and they closed everything to cancel me, and it's all their fault. I got all this evidence. It's just sad watching this guy. This guy had the world by the tail. He could have lived comfortably for the rest of his life by keeping his mouth shut, selling his company, and doing nothing more. But instead, he takes this company and runs it into the ground. He's going to go broke. He's going to be homeless. And he's going to be a joke. Well, he's already a joke. But he doesn't even know it. So, it'll be interesting to see what Michael Lindell 
does now that all his uh, bank accounts have been closed. I don't think they took his money. I, I don't think they froze his money. They just said, take your dirty ass money and get the fuck out of here. And I'm sure he'll find some seedy bank to accept it. Or, you know, better yet, what he may want to do is just uh, store his money in his fucking pillows because nobody wants to touch those motherfuckers. <laughs> just get a bunch of pillows, put them in your house, put the money in there. People walk in, want to steal some shit. Oh, those are those shitty pillows. We don't want that. Check for jewels. <laughs> oh, I fucking feel sorry and I hate Mike Lindell at the same time. He's done so much damage in this country, but he's just a pitiful fool on top of it. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time, taking the time to listen. I am always amazed that people will sit down and listen to me rattle on for 45, 50 minutes, or even the one to three minutes in my TikToks. I'm amazed by it. I appreciate it immensely, and thank you for allowing me to take some of your time. If you have questions or comments, uh, by all means, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail, go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer, leave a voicemail message. I've got another voicemail message I'm going to play in the next show tomorrow. So be sure to be listening. You have a great day, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.